Welcome to Insights into Success, where with your host Paul Dodds, we hope to educate, inspire and motivate you to achieve your own personal success. We talk to guests from all around the world from a variety of walks of life to hear the realities of their own journey to success. What challenges have they faced, how they cope with failure and what have been the keys or will be the keys to their own success. In our Read to Succeed interviews, we talk books that have inspired our guests, and for some, they share their secrets to marketing success. Join us as we give you insights into success. All right. Okay, well, welcome back to Read to Succeed. I'm very fortunate to have Brendan from Master Talk, who's agreed to stay on from our Insights into Success interview, and he is going to share with us a book that he has read that has really resonated with him. So, Brendan, take it away and tell us about the book and what it was that was particularly resonated with you. Of course, Paul. Thanks for having me. You know, I always like to give a disclaimer before I give book recommendations, is you should really take my book recommendations seriously. (laughs) <laughs> the reason is because I don't read a lot of books. And here's why. Right. Because books are a huge time investment. I've probably only read 50 or 100 books in my life. So when I recommend oh. a book, I say that with the intention that it's worth investing eight hours of your life reading or engaging, discussing the book with other people. And out of all of the books I've read, I mostly get my information from podcasts, but I would say the number one book I've ever read by far is a book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison is the CEO and founder of a nonprofit organization called Charity Water. Charity Water was started to end the world global water crisis. So 10% of the world's population doesn't have access to clean water. They drink brown water of a swamp every day. It's absolutely crazy. And what Scott has done with his organization is he's helped solve almost 2% of the entire problem, which is mind-blowing. And in the wow. book, he talks about the story of how he got started in his early 20s as a nightclub promoter in New York City. He was one of the best nightclub promoters in the world. His girlfriend was on Vogue magazine. He had a BMW, he had a Rolex watch, and he was the worst human being that he knew. Wow. And then in his late 20s, he realized the shift he needed to make in his life, went to Africa, realized what the water problem was, and he used storytelling, leveraging, and the marketing experience he got selling you know, $50 bottles for a thousand in nightclubs to philanthropy. And that's the story of, of Thirst by Scott Harrison is how a nightclub promoter created an organization that raised hundreds of millions of dollars for charity and has helped over 10 million people across the world gain access to water. So for you, what was it in particular that resonated with you? Why, why do you feel that it is such a great book? Yeah, so many reasons. And actually, as a side note, this book is so important to my life, Paul that I literally have two copies of the book on my shelf to remind me that this is the most important one. (laughs) And and there's a quote from the book that is probably the most important piece of the entire read, which is the following. The goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. So when I was in my early 20s and I read this book and I found out about his book, I helped him with his launch and I helped him sell a couple of copies myself way before I had the idea for a master talk and what I do today. The reason why that quote resonated with me so much, the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will, is it really helped me refocus my energy. Because when I was 20 and I had no money, obviously, like any other 20-year-old who was filled with ego, I wanted to use that money to buy a bunch of stuff get a nice car, buy a nice watch, go on some great vacations. And that was really the focus. Get a corporate job, make a bunch of money, 
stay in my mom's basement, stack it up, become a millionaire, and just go spend yeah. it on some crazy stuff. But when I started yeah. following his work and reading what he was doing and understanding it, it was a wake-up call for me that I that I fortunately got extremely early in life about, hey, life is not about what you get. It's about what you give. It's about right. how you contribute to society. And I started asking myself much bigger questions about life, like what difference do I want to make in the world? When I'm dead... What do I want my legacy to be? And it's because of Scott Harrison, amongst many other mentors I greatly respect, that I was able to focus on that contribution early and get the success I've had uh, for my age. So with Scott, was there a particular event that happened that made him kind of really reflect on who he had become and realize that he didn't like who he had become and, and really motivated him to make this fundamental shift? Was there any particular event or was it just progressive? It was definitely progressive, but there is one moment in the book that does stick out to me as we're having this discussion. And the moment was when he was 28 years old and he was, he was at, a, he was at a, his loft after a night of partying, taking a bunch of drugs, and he ordered a pizza. There's a bunch of people at his loft. And yeah. the guy knocks on the door to deliver pizza and he asked Scott to sign something, but he forgot the pen. And Scott yelled at him for five minutes. Like, how do you not have a pen? Are you, like, stupid? And he ruined the guy's life over a pen. It, like, didn't make sense. Wow. And then uh, he took the pizza, cussed him out, closed the door. And then he sat down and woke up the next morning and looked at himself in the mirror and realized he was the worst human being that he knew. So that wow. was the turning point. There's many others in the book, but that's the one yeah. that's the most striking to me. Right. Remarkable. Sounds a remarkable story and, and great that he did actually come to that realization because a lot of people go through their life and they don't. They'll be that person for their whole entire life. So, yeah, very interesting to hear that. So um, sounds like a book I need to read. So for you, Brendan, I appreciate that you don't read a lot of books, but in terms of reading, what is your preference? If you are going to read, is it a, a, a book, a physical book, or do you go for like a Kobo Kindle or um, audiobook? What, what is it that you tend to pick? Absolutely. And I think what would be fascinating as well for the, for the group is what is my process in making a decision to read a book? Because it's, right. it's very hard to get me to read a book. A bunch of people recommend me stuff. I always say, you know. So there's a certain process involved. So step one of the process is listening to the person's podcast, a podcast that they're on. So if right. that podcast is really good, I go on to step two, which is listen to 10 interviews, five interviews of that same individual. And yeah. then if I'm so impressed and I want to know all the details from A to Z, then I read the book. Most people fail the test at part one. I read, listen to the book. I'm like, yeah, this is not so. And, and the way that I make a criteria, the decision-making process I take on, so people have that in their back pocket as well, is how much information is the guest sharing that I don't know? Right. So let me repeat that again. How much information is the guest sharing that I don't know? So if the person is just going, don't give up, all that stuff, uh, I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't have time. I don't want to invest more time in this individual. But when Scott Harrison went on Lewis Howes' podcast, The School of Greatness, I was blown away. Everything he was that was coming out of his mouth, I did not know. I said, oh my God, I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't know this. And I had so much notes on my notepad that I had to go into listen to other interviews. And then I read his financial statements, everything. And then I end up with the book. And in terms of the my preference, personally, I like Audible. 
I'm more of an audiobook. I'm a pretty slow reader, and I don't remember a lot of the information. And I like taking notes while I'm reading a book or listening to a podcast. So right. because of that, I much prefer audiobooks. So for you, the, from what you've indicated, the driver for you is is them being on a podcast. So do I take it that the rationale for that is because it's easier for you to listen to a podcast as opposed to go and pick up a physical book and make an assessment that way? Is that the motivation? Absolutely correct. I've only made one exception to that rule besides the, the, the books that the school education system mandated me to read, of course, besides those which I'd never recommend to anybody. The, on, <sighs> the only exception I made to that was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, uh, Nike's right. founder, because he's yeah. very introverted. He doesn't like interviews that much. And there are so many people in my network that told me to read the book. I had to. And I'm glad I did. It was an exceptional yeah. read. But besides Phil, I, I, I usually like the podcast. And the reason is because it's a movie trailer for the real thing. So if you're investing, wow. like, let's say this podcast is a good example, right? People, yeah. especially your insights into success podcast, for those who are listening to that, be sure to check that out by Paul. But that interview that I do, people make a decision. And I want them to, to either like me or not like me. It's either whatever comes out of Brenda's mouth is worth listening to. Oh, I should probably check out his YouTube channel. I should probably hire him for coaching. Or it's a no. This person sucks. He's not sharing any value. I don't want to further yeah. the conversation with this individual. And, and the market is the market. So for me, it's the same thing with podcasting is somebody really needs to set a high bar in that in, and share a lot of information openly and freely for them to move forward. And I set that same standard for myself. I always want to be the best communication expert on anyone's podcast. I always want to drop the most value because I know the audience is making a decision in that conversation, the, the really top people right. on whether or not they want to keep talking to me or not. All right. Just to wrap this up, you did touch about touch on about Phil Knight and the Nike story. Two things there. One is, Brendan, remember he was an accountant. So there you go. Look what he achieved and he was an accountant. The second thing for me, having read that book, was, was remarkable was how long they went before they really, the business was at a point that it was secure. Even when it outwardly appeared to be very successful, they had this huge potential debt over a tax that was going to be imposed, think compliments of some competitors. Until that was dealt with, even though outwardly they looked successful, they were still struggling and they still very much had a question mark over their existence. So for me, that was really quite surprising. You know, I would have thought by that stage they were they were very comfortable and had loads of money in the bank and everything was very secure. But in actual fact, his journey went on for a very long time before he could ever really feel truly comfortable that um, they were going to be okay and, and really make it. Absolutely. I, I, I find, besides the fact that you alluded to that me and him worked at the same company uh, before we ended up doing what we did, I would say, you know, in Phil's case, he's probably the best example of what a purebred entrepreneur really looks like which is somebody who'd rather be broke, but spend their time doing something really meaningful. And you can yeah. tell in the book, and that was surprising to me because he's not a, he doesn't speak out that much, of how mm. obsessed he was with the shoes, how he cared so much about the lining, to a point where I was like, why does this guy care so much about shoes? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> but then I understood, in the same way he cares about shoes, people don't understand why I'm so obsessed with communication. Exactly. Right? So it's the same thing. I, I think the key is like, it, it's a, Phil's a great example of w going into entrepreneurship for the right reasons. It's not about how we spend the money because we can just, if you want to make money, go, go get a jo corporate job. You'll make a ton of money, 
right? Because you don't have any downside risk versus saying, no, no, no. I want all my time back, even if I'm broke, so I can build this shoe, so I can make this YouTube video. Those are the people (laughs) that should be going into business, and those are the people who eventually win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brandon. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you being part of our insights into success and also staying on for Read to Succeed. So thank you so much. Really enjoyable. So um, really looking forward to publishing this and, and getting feedback from our listeners. Of course. Pleasure was mine. All right. Thank you.